get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kiley. Right now we're going out to the Brown and Crippen Celebrity Line, where we will be joined by the Blues Insider for the Athletic. He's Jeremy Rutherford joining us here on the show. JR, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing on this beautiful Tuesday morning in St. Louis? <laughs> yeah, doing well, guys. How you guys doing? Uh, doing well. I guess it's afternoon, technically, at this point. I'm used to talking to well, JR. Well, it is after 12 o'clock. That would be noon. <laughs> You're right I think on there's some one. advanced stats on that one if you'd like me to look it up for you. <laughs> JR, let's start with the obvious. The Blues lose on Saturday, but that's kind of the, the secondary topic from that game. They lose two significant uh, contributors in Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. People can go read your piece over on The Athletic. You broke it down on what it all means for the Blues. But from the 10,000-foot view, what do those injuries mean for this team? Well, I think it's uh, it's a pretty big hit, obviously, for the organization. You know, this is a uh, team that has struggled for sure. We've talked about it for months to put it together. But as I wrote the other day, you're still just a few points out of a wild card spot. I know that uh, this is a competitive organization that wants to win, and I think they were going to, you know, try to win. Uh, that said, I think Doug Armstrong's been really smart over the years about what he has uh, with his rosters each year and probably felt that uh, – you know that the the team might not be in that position come uh, March when when the uh, trade deadline is, and and that he would likely have to uh, sell a couple of these big pieces. Talking about O'Reilly and Tarasenko, so now you get these injuries. And as I wrote at the Athletic, I just think it's a situation where it's obvious, it's it's a no brainer. If you can get these guys healthy, and it's not going to be out of time, Tarasenko could have maybe as much as a month. O'Reilly could just have two or three weeks to show other teams that they can help your contending playoff team, you know, I think it's going to be incumbent upon uh, Doug Armstrong in the Blues to kind of move these pieces and and probably go through that soft retool that uh, Doug Armstrong hinted at after about eight games uh, at the start of the season. Jer, how difficult is this soft retool going to be? Well, I think it will be difficult from the perspective of you have so many guys under long-term contracts that are immovable that you're not going to be able to probably change a lot but I think that when you have two guys who are pending unrestricted free agents like O'Reilly like Tarasenko and let's include Barbashev in there because I think he's going to be attractive piece to some team too that do you make this decision to okay we're turning this team over to Kairou and Thomas now you certainly did that with the monster contracts in the offseason are you ready to physically kind of hand over those top assignments and say, you guys are the leader of this team. I think that's a a tough thing to do because you have such a mature leader in Ryan O'Reilly, a team oriented guy, you know, so it's going to be tough to move on. But I just think that this kind of 
you know, breaks right, the situation does to say, okay, we're, we're moving into the future with Cairo and Thomas on paper with these contracts. Now let's do it with the roster. And the only way to do that because of a lot of those long-term immovable contracts is to hit the reset and uh, move O'Reilly and Tarasenko and just see what you can get. Now, are you going to be competitive next year and be in the top three in the central division? You know, that's going to be remain to be seen based on what Doug Armstrong is able to accomplish with some of these moves. But I think as you step back, as BK said earlier, you know, from that 30,000 feet, that's what Doug Armstrong is likely going to see. We're talking to Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic here on 101 ESPN. Jer, earlier today, uh, we talked about your piece that you reported. A, a scout that you spoke to said that the Blues, prior to these injuries, could have probably got something like a first-round pick and a top prospect in a deal for O'Reilly or Tarasenko. You asked the question open, open-ended in that uh, piece as to whether or not that would still be the case. Where do you fall on this? Obviously, it's pure speculation. We've still got two months, and we probably, first of all, need to know the health updates on both of those players. But if we assume that they're healthy, we get closer to the trade deadline. Do you think that's still the likely asking price for Vladdy and O'Reilly? Yeah, first of all, let's let this be a lesson to me, I guess, that uh, you don't work in advance on a story because we had a... (laughs) We had a piece uh, all ready to go for today with the Blues playing Toronto. You know, how would O'Reilly fit? How would a trade work out with uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs? And obviously that piece has to be shelved uh, just like Ryan O'Reilly for the next six weeks or so. But, yeah, I did some uh, legwork just checking around the league. What could the Blues get for Ryan O'Reilly? And that was the response that I got was a first-round pick and a top prospect. And when you say a top prospect, we're talking about probably a player who's uh, been drafted in the past year or two, maybe a second-rounder, has got some upside so you're not talking about a guy who slips into the lineup next year. He's an automatic starter. But, you know, nonetheless, you get a couple good assets. Now, that's going to be the thing. Uh, you know, if let's say O'Reilly gets back two weeks before the trade deadline and plays four or five games and, and looks okay. You know, I asked Doug Armstrong that question on the call yesterday. If you're a GM and you're trying to help your Blues team at the deadline and there's a Ryan O'Reilly type player on another team, but he's coming back from a broken foot and he's only played four or five games, you know, how do you look at that situation? And he said that uh, you go on the track record of the player. And I think you look at Ryan O'Reilly's track record, you know, winner, Con Smythe, uh, Stanley Cup, a big part of that, um, Selkie winner, so on and so forth. And also you look at these injuries, Doug Armstrong pointed out, we're talking about breaks and breaks heal. Like this isn't uh, coming back from an ACL uh, four, five, six months later, and there's questions about how healthy that guy's going to be for the first couple months of, of playing for your new team. This is a situation where you come back, once you knock the rust off, you should be okay. Now that's a lot of woulda, shoulda, couldas. You're going to have to see Ryan O'Reilly on the ice. That's what other teams are going to want to see before they uh, part with their first-round picks and top assets. JR, Doug had a pretty surprising comment yesterday uh, talking about how you know the uh, guys in the american hockey league are going to get a shot kind of have a winning culture around them or at least a mentality to fight and he said it's something that the nhl club needs right now do you feel like there there might be an issue culture wise at the nhl level according to doug or through doug armstrong's eyes yeah, I think two-part here. Uh, one, I wrote about the culture or lack thereof a couple weeks ago, and I agree with people who responded to that article. A lot of times when you lose, it's a bad culture. You win, it's a good culture. I get it, but sometimes it can be the other way where you know maybe a bad culture leads to the losing. And so, you know, I, I'm not sit here to sitting here to point fingers and, and say that uh, you know there's a bunch of bad guys in there. There's not. There, there's good guys in there, but for whatever reason, this hasn't been a good culture 
uh, I don't think, this season. And I think that's kind of transpired on the ice a little bit. Now, Doug Armstrong's comment yesterday to me, and I think Randy Carricker asked the question, was pretty revealing in that, you know, do you want to bring young players up here, three, four, five guys from the American Hockey League, and, and get them some playing time? And I don't want to say fast track. You never want to fast track these Young guys, heck, yesterday I think people wanted to call Bull Duke from his junior team and Snuggerud off the World Junior Championship. Let's do it. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. Plug Have you seen Snuggy? In, uh, <laughs> plug him into the lineup tonight in Toronto. Like, that would be the worst thing for them. And I think, <laughs> <Whoa>. that's, what, <laughs> I think that's what Doug's saying here is he said, this team hasn't shown an ability to play that, you know, team-minded you know, defensive-minded way that uh, that you need with the young players. So, for example, yeah, you got to bring up a couple guys. So, Neighbors is going to be in there. Alexandrov is going to be in there tonight. But do you bring up three or four or five uh, young guys and put them in a situation, you know, where it's going to be tough to succeed? I think that's what he brought up yesterday. I thought it was pretty valid. And so it's going to be interesting you know, what type of roster they suit up the rest of the way. I don't know about young guys, but member of the Ferrari 05, Martin Furk, should probably be a part of that call-up situation. Where is he at? Yeah, hey, you didn't win that yet. He has to play first, right? <laughs> or well, no. to... if, if I've learned one thing about this show, Jar, if you get something right, you take a victory lap That's with right. it. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You you take the credit, you pass the blame. That's the way that this show works. Jeremy <laughs> Rutherford is our guest here on 101 ESPN for just another couple of minutes. Uh, Jr. The, the Blues still do have games to play um <laughs> what? How, how do you assess the roster that we're going to be watching over the next few weeks like what what are you going to be watching for what are the blues going to be watching for what are we supposed to take away from these games that are still actually being played on the ice yeah so that that part of it right yeah <laughs> You know, I sit here every day, and because that uh, one story didn't materialize today, you come up with new ideas. So I'm, I'm sitting here, honestly, I'm brainstorming, you know, what are the stories that could be written in the aftermath of what happened, what was announced yesterday. And, you know, one of the ideas I had that uh, might do tonight is, uh, you know, what do you want to see? What do you see want to see from certain guys? What moves do you want to see from the coaching staff in terms of putting guys in certain places on different lines? You know, like, what should we see the remainder of the way? Now, you know, I, I guess you got to preface it by saying – the team wants to win. They're going to do everything they can to win. Uh, but I think that Doug Armstrong is going to be watching, and this is going to help him make some decisions down the stretch into the offseason and so on and so forth. So, I mean, you look at this lineup, and the, the top six really isn't going to be affected. There's still some great names there, but Chinevich, Thomas, Kairou, Saad, Shen, Barbashev. It's the bottom six because of that trickle-down effect where you're talking about guys like Levo and Alexandrov and Pitlick and even neighbors. Uh, these guys are going to get a lot of ice time. So I, I think – that's going to be the situation that uh, the coaches and the general manager are going to be paying attention to and, and is going to help them, like I said earlier, uh, with some of these big decisions. You know, are guys going to show them that they're ready and that they can be a part of this team next year? And, and you can use a guy, uh, let, let's just say like a Tucker. You know, does he show something and you can plug him in next year? There's going to be a lot of those types of little storylines that I think a lot of people are going to be following. I think that's the biggest thing that I'm – kind of curious about JR is what does this defense look like? You're not going to have Tory Krug for a couple of more weeks. You're still without Scandella and Perunovic. And look, all of these guys are under contract for next season with the exception of Scott Perunovic. Can they survive with these players? And if they do, does that sway Doug Armstrong's decision in the off season to maybe make more changes? Yeah, but I think uh, I agree with you, but I think, I think there almost has to be changes on the D like, so you, let's say you get the uh, Krug back healthy before the end of the season. 
Like, I think we saw with this defense, even though there's a lot of term and money wrapped up into it, it's going to be hard to make a move. You know, a guy like Tory Krug has a no-trade clause. You know, does he even want to waive it? You know, so I, I do think that even when healthy, we saw that uh, there's just something that doesn't work with this defense. I don't know that an offseason or hitting the reset or, you know, everybody coming into training camp next year is going to solve what we saw this year was a major issue. So I think, you know, you guys were talking earlier about, you know, can they move one of these long-term contracts? They may not to be able to at the end of the day, but I think that Doug Armstrong is going to explore. He's going to have to find a way to see if he can shake things up defensively and bring back a unit that's going to be more sound and, and give the Blues a chance that when they are healthy, uh, they can be that type of team. And we saw earlier that this group wasn't it. If he gets multiple first-round picks at this trade deadline, does that help him move those contracts potentially in the offseason? You know, I, the way you've set it up, you know, I think that's the way it works, um, that in order to move guys with tough contracts, you're going to have to – juice it up a little bit with the first round pick. But to me, that would probably be the wrong way to go. I know that over his you know, tenure, Doug Armstrong hasn't been a guy who wants to give away picks just to, to move a guy with six years, seven years you know, left on his deal. And that would kind of you know, negate what they're doing here and moving O'Reilly and Tarasenko and trying to get things going from a uh, retool perspective to now you give up those contracts because you needed them. I'm sorry, give up those picks because you needed them to move those contracts. It just all goes against each other. So in the NHL, yes, that's how it works. And some teams you know, have no problem doing that. I, I don't see Doug Armstrong doing something like that. If it takes a first-round pick or a high draft pick to move a five- or six-, seven-year contract, uh, I think he's going to end up keeping the player. Doug Armstrong, not willing to move a, a uh, pick, Alex? to get a player's contract off the books, but willing to eat and retain some of that salary. At oh, the yeah, trade he deadline. retained 40% <laughs> off Kevin today. Chattenkirk and 60% on Paul Stasty, JR. I don't know if you read that. JR, appreciate the time as always, yeah. man. We'll talk with you According again next week. According to my week. detailed analysis, JR, <laughs> yeah. he does retain salary. My, my Google, my Google machine. <laughs> Thanks, guys.